Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks fishing, that's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the central division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm going to beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome in to a winning edition of Sox on Tap. Tonight, I am joined by my guy, Sox Insane, at Sox Insane, Besnick. You can find him on Twitter, at Sox Insane. He's been doing all of your White Sox recaps all season long over at ontapsportsnet.com. That's where you can find us. If you want us in written form, ontapsportsnet.com. Follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap. Myself at Tony on Tap. As I said, my guy Besnick at Socks Insane. He just got called up before uh, today's post game show. Welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> Welcome to the big Thank leagues. Thank you. Thank you. you. Appreciate doing? it. How, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome to I'm, the show. I'm doing really well. I'm uh, I'm in my garage. I've got a couple Modellos here, and you know, beers always taste better when the Socks win. Yeah, we call those victory beers around here. They're fantastic. I love victory beers. The sunglasses are back because the Sox won. Shut out of the San Francisco Giants by a final score of one to nothing. What an incredibly interesting ball game that we had here today. We're going to break it down. We've also got a guest who's going to be popping in here to talk some White Sox baseball with us in just a few moments. But here we are. It's your first time on Socks on Tap. You've been breaking down these games all year. I need your initial thoughts. Initial thoughts are uh, Lance Lynn looked like Lance Lynn. I mean, we've seen him come off the DL and make three starts up until this point. This is his fourth start coming off of the DL. And, you know, he looked uh, just a lot better getting out, staying ahead of guys, not too many walks. Um Things got a little dicey there for him in the fifth inning, but uh, oh, I'm sorry, the sixth inning, and uh, but he got through it. He got through it without giving up any runs. So shout out to him, and you know, shout out to uh, everybody's favorite um, Leary, Leary legend. This is a Leary slander free zone, and um, you know, he got it done. He came through for us there. Uh, came up with the big hit, and then Kendall Graveman in the ninth to lock it down. I love that you knew that this was a Leary slander free zone. We've been Leary slander free all year. Uh, we've got Justin in here. BZ, what's good? What's up, Justin? Off to a, off to a good start. This is his call up. We need some ratings on this. <laughs> but here, here we go. We've got our guest, Socks Insane, Mr. Oh Besnick. Oh, boy. We've got oh, our guy. Hello, boys. NWI Steve is in the MRIs were clean. Yes, MRIs were clean for NWI Steve. He cracked them here. And we're going to talk some White Sox baseball on a holiday weekend start off 
right here. Friday night, beers are flowing. Steve's here. We've got Besnick in the house. Steve, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Besnick. You're looking sharp out there. Listen, first of all, before we get started here, I got two things I want to get to real quick here. Yeah, let's first, do it. Happy 112th birthday to Comiskey Park, the baseball palace of the world. Open today, back in the year of our Lord, 1910. Were you still alive during that year, Steve? You wow. know, Anthony. Were you wow. Anthony? Then, you know, then? it's 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 funny because you know you you were you're in my crosshairs right now. So I got some words for you. You've been running your mouth oh, all yeah? week, talking a lot of shit. Be like, oh, is Steve going to be able to stay awake for these games? Hey, Guess hey, what? hey! Guess you what? stayed awake for every single exactly, one. Of them. Exactly, exactly. I was actually. Because I yeah. play like a goddamn champion. Because I got TWTW. Because I'm Chicago tough, and I'm here to commit to excellence. All hey, right, Steve. I just gotta. I gotta stop you right there. I'm actually coming in hot. I, I actually want to hand you the, the socks on tap award of excellence for this week. Being able to make it up to these ball games. I know not everybody's built this way, but uh, you you have. You I'm just have built different. I guess. Proven me wrong. Facts only. This week, I think you made it up, and we're talking about each and every single one of these ball games at the conclusion. And if you're a batting man and took the over on Steve Knight's up watching this team, you just won yourself a little bit of cash. You, you just excellent week. I think we need some like golf claps all around. Hey, one, one, last Steve. One, one last thing I want I want to get to because I see he's uh, in the little comments here. Um, can anyone tell me um, real quick, Anthony? I don't know if you can answer this um, for our guy Justin. Who's in the comments right now? If you were to compare World Series rings between Paul O'Neill and Barry Bonds, who has more? Paul O'Neill. Weird, huh? I, I knew you would go there very early. You you've had you've had yourself a week on the on the Twitter.com. You've had yourself a week. One on don't I? Yes, uh, I mean that's I, I might have missed that's... a couple things. Hashtag confirmed. Uh, guys, uh, Besnick just gave his initial thoughts, Steve. Uh, I want your initial thoughts on today's ball game because, you know, heroes get remembered. Legends never die. Steve, what are your initial thoughts? Lance Lynn, hashtag guts and nuts, going out there, doing what he does, giving this team six quality innings. We've seen this maybe for the last seven to ten days or so. Starters beginning to go a little deeper in games helping to take a little bit of stress off of that bullpen, which is very important knowing that they don't have a day off coming up until the all-star game. So that's, that's crucial right there. Offense um, had a couple of opportunities, hit a couple of balls hard. Weren't able to, to capitalize there. We're able to squeak across that one vital run right there and we're able to make it hold up. So, you know, Hey, doesn't always have to be pretty, but you get a win, put it in the left-hand column. Hey, that's what we like to see. Victory beers taste better than misery beers, and that's what we're talking about tonight. All right, guys, let's just get into this a little bit. The White Sox offense absolutely stagnant through most of this ball game. Uh, give me some thoughts on you know just the plate approach, how they handled themselves offensively. I'll go to Besnick first, and then come over to our guy NWI Steve. Yeah, I mean, as usual, you saw a lot of ground balls. You saw um, a fair amount of strikeouts. They didn't hit the ball in the air um, until the third inning. Uh, you have to give some some credit to Cobb. 
he had some pretty good stuff working, uh, you know, working that corner on, on each side of righties and lefties, uh, and just getting guys out and making pitches. So you got to give some credit to him. I kind of underestimated him a little bit in my, uh, socks giants three game series preview that I posted. And, you know, he's gotten roughed up in his last couple of outings. You know, he's got an ERA over six. He has not been very good this year. Um, but he looked pretty sharp. Um, and that ballpark with the wind blowing in, you know, the mist, the cold weather, the ball's not going to go far. Um, so um, so those are those are just some of the initial thoughts there as far as what um, what the Giants were, were showing us. So offensively, pretty bad. I mean, you got Luis Roberts swinging at everything. T.A., just abysmal at-bats today, not very competitive at all. Uh, Yoan Moncada, same thing. Uh, those three combined go 0 for 12 with five strikeouts. That's inexcusable. I don't care how good the other pitcher is. I think Besnick hit on all the key points right there. Lack of quality at bats, been a common theme throughout the course of this season here. Um, obviously, pretty frustrating to see this kind of transpire again just on an almost nightly basis at this point. And, you know, like you were talking about there, Alex Cobb has had some struggles uh, throughout the course of the season. Some of the underlying numbers are a little bit better than what that ERA would suggest. But again, just guys not putting themselves in position to have competitive bats, not working themselves into quality hitters counts. And the Luis Robert thing is just unbelievably frustrating at this point. I, I joke about this on Twitter.com all the time. The Luis Robert take a pitch challenge, you know, yeah, it just continues. I, I put a tweet out there that was just that where I was just sitting there in disgust and thinking this guy doesn't has never seen a pitch in his life that he doesn't want to swing at. He he goes up there and he's like, how can I like not can I hit this pitch or he's going to throw this pitch? I just don't know where it is. He's just thinking more so like, how am I going to hit this? And it's just the the wrong approach. And it's and you know it shows it shows when he goes. Um, you know, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Another guy went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts tonight, boys, and this is something that I want to bring up uh, in, in just the whole offensive discussion. Tim Anderson has not been good since coming back from his injury. It's a little bit of a problem, uh, at least for me, and I don't think it's being talked about all too much. Since Tim Anderson's come back, Steve, I forget what I sent into uh, our little group chat here, but the slugging percentage is not good. Um, striking out a bit much for my liking and not getting the job done in some clutch situations. When your top two offensive threats, which I would consider Tim Anderson and Luis Robert to be, are 0 for 4 with two strikeouts over the course of a ball game, guys, I would say that that's not good that's not a recipe for success between the two of them they both look lost at the plate right now that's not good i think it's lending itself to a lot of the struggles that we've had but i'm just curious where you guys are at with this because if those two guys are moving i think this team can go on a run but right now it just doesn't look fucking good at all yeah, we've seen time and time again that TA really is the straw that stirs this drink. 
with this collective unit. Um, you mentioned in the in the text thread there, he's slugging 270 since he came back off of the IL. So that's not going to get it done. But, it, you know, in a lot of ways, he's not slugging. That means he really is he really is back in the White Sox lineup because, you know, he just, uh, you know, blends right in at that point. But obviously getting him going here again is going to be of paramount importance. Um, you know, it's only been about a week here for him back in the lineup. So, yeah, could could take, you know, a, a few few more games here for him to kind of get his legs back under him again and start driving the ball with authority. Um, hopefully we start to see that here in short order. And then just the Luis Robert thing. Um, just to kind of put a bow on this. We we've seen this from him, you know, now through the parts of his three seasons, he'll have those stretches where he'll go, you know, 15 for 23 and he's just hitting 110 mile an hour piss rods everywhere. And he looks like he's the best player on the planet. And then he'll follow that up with a one for 25 stretch with 18 strikeouts just because he gets into this swing mode all the time and he just doesn't have that clear offensive approach that allows him to work in the counts deep, get himself into quality hitters counts to where he can do damage with consistently or excuse me, with consistency um, until those things kind of correct themselves here. This offense is going to be a little bit stagnant. Um, we've seen AJ Pollock kind of come back down to earth after that hot, stretch that he had during the month of June. Jake Berger has kind of slowed down a little bit here. So somebody's got to start to pick it up. Um, Jose Abreu can't be the only guy doing this on a night in night out basis. So somebody else has to figure it out until TA gets his legs back under him. And Luis Robert goes on one of these hot stretches again. Yeah. I mean, you're just seeing a lot of singles from TA just taking the ball the other way, dumping it into right field, getting a single, I will say his defense has looked pretty clean lately. Um, not many gaffes, uh, if any at all, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but he's looked pretty clean in the field. He just needs to start hitting for for power. He needs to start finding some gaps. He needs to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So we're not seeing a lot of that out of him, and we just need more than that. Um, and then, you know, collectively, when you look at him, when you look at a, uh, a Robert, when you look at Moncada, it, it's bad. Um, so like Steve said, you can't just rely on Jose Abreu. Um, you know, we had six hits tonight. We had, you know, two from Leary Garcia, two from AJ Pollock, and one from Andrew Vaughn, who that was a really nice rope double that, you know, went for not. He didn't score. But what I'm wondering is, you know, you he gave him the day off on the last game of the last series. Then he had the off day um, on Thursday, yesterday. And today, after the double, you pinch run for him with Jake Berger. I mean, is there any cause for concern here with Andrew Vaughn? Is this guy 100%? I actually think that that was the right move in that particular in that spot there knowing that it's a zero zero game one run might and ultimately did end up winning that game we've all seen even when healthy andrew vaughn can't run um him versus paul canerco in their prime i mean that would be something that you might need to sell <laughs> pay-per-view tickets for um just because you know you might need a sundial ultimately to time that thing so i didn't actually have a problem with that the fact that you know, we're seeing a guy that, that is 24 years old, to your point, <laughs> Bezdick, um, having to get a day off and talking about needing to have consecutive days not on his 
feet, not using his legs. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, I guys, I just wanna I just wanna ask the question. You 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 pair up Andrew Vaughn and Paul Canerico in a in, in a foot race, but can you also add Tony Larusa to this foot race? Because I've seen Tony Larusa move on certain occasions, and I think that that would be an epic race between the three of them. Just and depends. Where's your, where's your money? It just depends on what time of day it is, because I mean, we all know Tony's got to get his nap in there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty late at night. I was at that game when he ran out there to to check on Abreu and did his little scoot across the field. I'm I'm surprised he didn't get um, a shoe endorsement from Skechers after that little jaunt he had there across the field. Um, He's more of a New Balance guy, I would think. You think so? Maybe. Lance yeah. Lynn is also a New Balance. Yeah, guy. yeah. You gotta get you gotta get the white New Balance. Okay, New Balance. I, I noticed that tonight from Lance Lynn that he's a New Balance guy, yeah, which was interesting okay. to me. I don't know. It just it, when when Steve brought up New Balance, I, I don't know why I had to bring it up, but it was curious to me that Lance Lynn was a New Balance guy. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the smart money there is. Um, I think you got to throw Jake Berger in that race. I think you got to throw Yasmani Grandal in that race. I mean, none of those guys can move. If you throw Yasmani in there, I, th- I I think TLR might beat him. Ooh, that's a that's a that's. I mean, it, our guy Justin said that he's doing better than Lennon up on socks on tap. I might have to agree with Justin here, Steve. He's bringing the hashtag meatball takes spicy enough to give me some heartburn before I go to sleep tonight. So I, I love it. I love what Besnick's bringing to the table here. Doing better than Lennon. Okay. Yeah. It's not, doing better, not saying much. Doing better than Lennon. Hey, I mean, listen, you're on Socks on Tap. You're not on Charlotte Knights on Tap. So, I mean, that tells you all you need to know. Hey. True. Yeah. That's, you know, minor league guy at third base. That's one of my favorite little clips that I've ever seen. I think it was a Cardinals or LA game spring training. They didn't have the guy's name and it just said minor league guy <laughs> on third base. It was, it was fantastic. If you haven't seen that one, I'll send it to you. I've never seen it. I've never seen that one. I, I've yeah. heard your Adrissimar Despagne um, breakdown when you were doing breakdowns for, for, uh, for triple a Charlotte back in the hey, day. We've worked our Shard we've worked weekly. We've Shard, yeah, yeah, Shard Shard weekly. weekly. Oh yeah. We've worked our way. We've worked our way all the way to the big leagues, Besnick, just like you did tonight, uh, guys. That's enough offense talk. There's some. There's some late inning offense talk that we'll get to in just a few minutes. But Lance Lynn, fear the beard, cool and tough, guts and nuts, or is it nuts and guts? Only at NWI Steve can hashtag confirm this. It's guts and nuts. It's it's guts and nuts. All right, White Sox sale. There it is. Hashtag confirmed live on here on Sox on Tap. This is, I mean, are we hashtag after dark yet, Steve? Oh, we're definitely hashtag after dark. All right, so let's talk Lance Lynn because we wanted to make sure we got to after dark to talk about the big bastard on the mound tonight. Uh, guys, thoughts on this start from Lance Lynn? I've missed this. Yeah, he finally showed up. I mean, he's had a couple rough starts. I think the last one, Larusa might have left him in an inning too long. Um, he got touched up at the end of. There his might start. be people who think that that happened today, as well. 
Well, um, I was kind of uh, a little concerned seeing him go out there in the sixth inning with 88 pitches to face the two, three, and four hitters for the third time through the lineup. He went 3-0 and on Jock Peterson, who's a lefty, and uh, Peterson actually got himself out there. I don't know what he was trying to do. Maybe t- he got the green light and tried to take a pitch to right field or, or something, but he just popped it up. And uh, it was a can of corn for A.J. Pollock, and I think that that extended uh, that outing for Lynn. Um, you know, he was able to get through it after that. And um, I don't know how many pitches he finished up with. It looks like 104. 104, two walks, three hits, five Ks through six. Solid. I'll take that. Yeah, that was that was good stuff from Lance Lynn again. The biggest thing for me is just being able to go out there and get 18 outs. This is something I talk about on almost a nightly basis. The great Hawk Harrelson used to say all the time, the best way to protect your bullpen is with your starters and your starters being able to go out there and consistently give you length and limit the amount of outs that your bullpen has to cover is going to be crucial. So Lynn doing that tonight particularly was impressive given the struggles he had in that first inning. So to battle through this thing, the way that he did, um, is pretty important and that just shows the type of veteran leadership that he has and what he brings to this rotation and to this roster overall. And it's something that clearly was missing for the, you know, two, two and a half months, however long it was that he was gone uh, following the knee surgery and spring training here. So just real nice to see him go out there, throw up a lot of zeros, but again, get this team through six innings and put him in a position to win a baseball game. Did everything he needed to do, guys, and that's what you want from. I think he's he's kind of a staple in this rotation. He's not the flashiest pitcher. He's not the guy that's going to go out there and give you seven, eight innings. He's not the guy that's like going to overpower you the way Michael Kopech is going to. But he is such a stabilizing force in this rotation. He is so important to it. I don't care if Lance Lynn only gives you six, but this guy will battle through things for you. Just my take. This is just my opinion, and it it could be completely wrong. I saw so many people on Twitter tonight just hounding for that inning to go wrong for Lance Lynn because of the pitch count when he entered it, just so that they can blame it on Tony LaRusso for leaving him in for an extra inning. They wanted that bait so hard. And Lance Lynn was there to go shove it down and get through it. And that is so cool and tough. That's what you want to see. LaRusso and the White Sox have been bitten by that fucking a million times already this year. But when you've got a guy like Lance Lynn on the mound, fear the beard, cool and tough, just, oozes fucking I'm going to beat you out of every ounce of sweat that this guy gives on the mound. That's what you want. You want him to be the leader of this rotation. Even if he doesn't have the sexiest stuff, even if he doesn't have the 99 mile an hour fastball, he's out there fucking working. And I still can't understand why the White Sox traded Dane Dunning for him. It just makes no sense. (laughs) You know, I've been investigating that story for, you know, several years now. I, I It's still developing? Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm still reaching out to multiple sauces 
I've even gone down to the source down in Arlington, Texas last year. And it's just, it's one of those questions that we might ultimately never get an answer to. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I'm not sure what Dane Dunning Sierra is at right now. I know it was like sub three after like his first four starts with the Texas Rangers. Um, and that's going to be a really hard thing for Lance Lynn to overcome. Right. I mean, we traded six years of control. I think it was Steve of, of Dane Dunning for, for, you know, one, one year of Lance Lynn. Luckily we extended him. Otherwise that deal would look really bad. Um, but I, I, I'll admit, I'll, I'll be the first to admit when that deal first happened and I saw it, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit because I was like, this guy's what, 34, Dane Dunning, he showed a little promise. We had six years of control of Dane Dunning. We traded it for one year of Lance Lynn, but Lance Lynn, uh, after the first couple starts he made for the Sox, I'm, I was ready to build the statue. So He's cool and tough, nuts and guts, guts and nuts, whatever. The I, fuck I, it I is. love, I love we, this because Steve, I feel like we've got to have some follow up questions <laughs> with with Besnick on let's on, hear this, on this exact topic, and and I don't know if you have yours formulated yet, but uh, if you do, I'll let you go. If not, I've I've got one. I'll defer to you, uh, Anthony. <laughs> All right, so you admitted just there that you you kind of looked at the control and and where everything where everything is. My first question for you, Besnick, is after all of this has taken place, I think a lot of people were under the assumption that Dallas Keuchel was the guy that you brought in to kind of be that stabilizing force. I also kind of feel like once we got to a point where they noticed that Dallas Keuchel was a piece of shit and wasn't going to get the job done. They had to go get somebody who was going to teach everyone how to fucking win and be that asshole. Does it make sense to you now? Absolutely. That's, that's my first Yes. Question. Yes, it makes sense to me now. It made sense to me after his like first two or three starts. I'm like, okay, I get it now. Listen, Lance Lynn is just a veteran guy that wants to go out there and he wants to take the fastball and he wants to shove it up your ass. You know, that's, that's a guy that I'll take him in my rotation anytime because he's got no fear. The other thing I talk about with consistent, you have to go out there and you have to throw pitches with conviction every time. And we see Dylan Cease at times. We see Aaron Bummer. We see other guys not do that. Everything Lance Lynn throws, he throws with conviction. He doesn't care if it's Mike Trout. He doesn't care who's in the batter's box with. He's going out there, and he believes he's got the stuff to get out anybody on the planet on any given pitch. He doesn't care. That's the mentality, and that's the mindset that you got to have. And I think him being able to teach that and impart that on some of these young pitchers like Dylan Cease, like Michael Kopech, like Lucas Giolito is invaluable. Do you think he imparted that on Lucas Giolito? Because I have heard that Lucas Giolito has the belief that the numbers don't define him. <laughs> Dude just did he, a home run on his first. Did he get that? Did he get that from Lance Lynn? That was a home run. He just he just extended his stay here, just the same way Larry Garcia 
extended his stay. You got to pull a George Chicago Costanza Lights. right now. You got to wow. you got to go All right. out a high note. <laughs> Showmanship. <Wow>. This is <laughs> fantastic. So Sox let's talk about after dark. Wow. I'm speechless. We, we mentioned Dylan Cease. And now, you know, everything Steve described about Lance Lynn is ace shit, right? That's the mentality, cool and tough. I'm going to get you out. I don't give a fuck. But when we talk about actual stuff and getting hitters out, I feel like Dylan Cease is that guy. He's got the most talent. And he he 100% should be that guy. And there obviously is still some development that is going on with him at the big league level here. But you he's still too prone to those big innings when he gets squeezed a little bit or he loses his control or there are defensive lapses behind him. This is one of the things I talked about after that game against the Dodgers on that Thursday afternoon when they were up 4 nothing, and then that fifth inning happened and everything just kind of spiraled. That doesn't happen with Max Scherzer on the mound. That doesn't happen with Justin Verlander on the mound. That doesn't happen with Jacob DeGrom on the mound. So Dylan Cease isn't there yet. And that's one of the things that hopefully Lance Lynn, given his experience and given the things that he has seen in this game for over a decade now, can kind of impart on Dylan Cease and say, hey, when things happen behind you outside of your control, when you're getting squeezed, when you all of a sudden lose your command kind of out of nowhere, this is what you need to do in these spots. This is how you need to cinch it up and hunker down, as Hawk would say, to get through it, to show that you are that number one ace type guy with that fuck you stuff. All right. Yeah, I see that from him. And we've got him going tomorrow against uh, one of the better pitchers on the Giants. And then on Sunday, we've got what looks like to be a bullpen day. They have scratched Anthony DeSclafani and moved him to the IL. So they're looking to probably the bullpen or someone calling up from AAA to fill those innings. Uh, but tomorrow, we've got Logan Webb. You know, he's kind of their Dylan what if conspiracy what conspiracy theory here? What if they slot in Mr. Carlos Rodon in that spot now because he would actually be on normal rest? Oh boy. Well, we hit left. Wouldn't there. that be a narrative? Oh my goodness. I could write an article about that. You could. I think that's what's actually gonna happen, guys. I, I really honestly do. I think that's what's gonna happen. It's just kind of the cinematic thing. And, you know, even like, even though I root for it to be cinematic for the White Sox, sometimes karma just fucking bites you in the ass. Carlos Rodon on Sunday would not be good for this White Sox lineup as we just currently talked about their offense. Yeah, that would be, that would be an interesting matchup. Obviously, Everyone knows about the variance in the Sox offensive performance against left-handed starters versus righties. But Carlos Rodon, we've seen when he is on, he can be one of the best pitchers in the league. And he had a little bit of a lull there for about a two or three 
start stretch uh, back in early to mid-May. And he's really kind of started to right the ship again and is going out there and giving the Giants quality outings almost every single time that he's taking the ball of late. And this is a guy that is going out there and racking up double-digit strikeouts with regularity this season. The stuff is playing up, being able to do so in a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there at Oracle Park. Uh, that would be a very challenging matchup. So there's part of me that kind of thinks that might not be the best thing for the White Sox to see happen. So, you know, Gabe Kapler, if you're listening to this broadcast, and why wouldn't you be right now? You got nothing else to be doing here. Just, you know what, keep Carlos on track to pitch Monday. And, um, yeah, go go with the bullpen route for, for Sunday's finale. Guys, I've got to stop this for two seconds and just bring up the fact that Lurie Garcia won the ball game for the White Sox tonight. Yeah, we so didn't now talk so, about that. so now we're gonna we be treated to a one for 40 now. We didn't we didn't talk about this. Lurie Garcia. We've got to get to our final thoughts on this ball game. That the White Sox won tonight, which is why we're drinking victory beers. Fourth of July weekend, Larry Legend, Johnny Nani's guy. BZ knows that this is a Larry slander free zone. So, like, give me 30 seconds each of your highest Larry praise that you could ever give for the man that won this ball game tonight, the legend, Larry Garcia. I mean, it's really obvious. It's just you have to just listen to our leader, our manager, our skipper, Tony LaRusa, and when he talks about Leary Garcia, it doesn't matter what the result is. He's not looking for results. He's looking for solid quality at-bats, and that's what Leary is going up there and giving you on a night-in, night-in basis, okay? Sure, Josh Harrison had an OPS over 900 last month, after Steve wrote an article that he should be DFA'd. But it's not about that. It's about that TWTW, and Leary has it. And that's why he came through today with the game-winning hit to drive in Adam Hazley with a nice slick slide under the tag for the Sox to win. This dude this dude might be earning a spot on this show. <laughs> Look. This is fantastic stuff, Steve. I don't know how you're gonna follow that. Yeah, um, that that is a definitely a tough act to follow. I guess all I can really say is that um, you know this this hit here to score the game winning run ensures us that we are going to see plenty of Leary, and it assures us that we are going to uh, get the fortune of seeing a one for forty stretch now. But we're just we're always going to hear about this about this one. RBI single on that one magical night in San Francisco when, um, you know, he's grinding into double plays with uh, bases loaded and one out over the next, you know, seven to 10 games here. But he had that one time. Somebody write an article about how great Lurie Garcia is for this team. Done. That's, that's just <laughs> all I ask. Guys, we'll, we'll move on from this ballgame. Sox win one nothing. The only other thing. My final thought on this, Tanner Banks, escape artist. Escape artist. A little shaky. I, I might miss Garrett Crochet just a teeny-insy bit. 
but Garrett, Cro- or Garrett Crochet is not available for this team. Tanner Bang says he grew a mustache for the occasion. That was some escape from Alcatraz type shit. Yeah, it was like, wow. Director's Cut Edition, White Sox Baseball 2022. Guys, we'll, we'll hop back on over to the rest of the series. Sox are in a position to win it. Can they get the job done? I think so. I wrote about it in my game, or I'm sorry, my series preview that I posted up on on Tap Sports today. Um, you know, I think we have the favorable pitching matchups. I think we had it today. I think we have a pretty even one tomorrow between Webb and Cease. And then if, I mean, I wish De Sclafani was still pitching because he's been terrible since coming off the IL, but the guy's hurt and he's going back on the IL. So I really hope it's not Carlos Rodon on Sunday and it's the bullpen day. And I like our chances on Sunday. Um, I think we're taking two or three here. I don't know which of the two games we're going to get, but we're definitely getting a win out of the next two. Um, I think Lucas Giolito may have hopefully turned a corner after that last start in LA. He was a little shaky at first, but he settled down nicely. And, um, and pitched well. He didn't get the win. We had some uh, fielding mistakes there by some guy named Gavin Sheets playing in right field. Um, but rough look. Wow! First broadcast going after your <laughs> wow, he boy just, like that. I'm wow. just stay, hey hey. I subscribe to fact hashtag facts only. Okay, I have adopted wow. the mantra of on tap sports. The war is just dropping. Facts only. Hashtag facts only. Confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. So. With that being said, I think we're taking two out of three. I don't know which of those two games we win. Hopefully, Radon doesn't pitch Sunday. We're good. I need a series win. Like, I need air to breathe. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I got some some less than positive vibes um, right now surrounding this team here and knowing that the goddamn Minnesota Twins coming to town on Monday on the 4th of July. Everybody knows I hate them with every fiber of my being. I swear if they can't find a way to win one of these two remaining games by the Bay this weekend, and they lose this series coming back home with those shit bags coming in here. NWI Steve's going to be coming in hot. You're always the most negative person on this show, which is whoa, crazy. Whoa, we've got a guy whoa, named whoa, yeah, you like a Nani. negative Nani here. We've got, we've got negative Nani, but like this year, like I'm just gonna present you the award. It's like hashtag sour Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. You're like a sour patch kid, just sour all the time. SS. Yeah, sour Steve. That's what it is right now. All right. That's how I feel. Sour Steve. I'm I'm gonna subscribe. I'm gonna subscribe to the to the BZ theory, even though he was shit talking Gavin Sheets in his debut. And that's just like not a that's not a great recipe for success at all. But you know, if we're gonna talk negativity here, I just want to reiterate something here. Somebody was saying that I wasn't going to be able to cut the mustard and 
handle staying up for all these games on the West Coast this week? Did, did I inspire you? I just want to ask that question. No, I did it for spite. You, you didn't did inspire for, me. You, you, I did, you it did it for strictly spite. for spite. I'm like Jerry Seinfeld returning that returning that jacket back to the luxury men's um, department store. He did it for spite, and that's why I did it. Hey, I gave you your credit. I give credit where credit is due. You took an you, afternoon nap, didn't you? Yeah. He, he, he probably I am did. not I am not a nap guy. If I if I nap, I will not fall asleep at night. Uh body I'm listen, I'm team no sleep to begin with anyway. So um it's the, the problem is exacerbated even more if I happen to you know sneak in a two or three hour nap in the middle part of the day here. So um hey, sometimes you just that gotta persevere wrong. and fight through it. Wow, I feel like really like directed at because I took like a good three hour nap today. We have wow. kids. That's that's what's up. But it's apparent that Steve is too mentally tough to take a nap. To nap, he's too mentally tough. Listen, you got to be Chicago tough, okay? Yeah. If nothing else, that's what you got to be able to do. Absolutely. I'm gonna grab another beer. And that's how that's how socks on tap after dark goes, boys. Um, I, I just I just I'm I'm really shocked, Steve. Like, honestly, you've been able to persevere through this week. And like, if there is a say, medal, I won't do something and see what happens. If, if there is a medal of honor to give to anybody for this week, I've got to give it to Besnick because he wrote a great <laughs> Eloy Jimenez article. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. I can't wait to, uh, to, to get that medal. I mean, is it is it Zin? Is it like a, a Zin metal medallion it that might goes be. around the neck? Yes, Lucas Giolito will present it to you. Wonderful. And it, where is this happening? Where is the ceremony? Right at fucking home plate, man. Wow, wow. It's okay. it's fantastic. Southpaw will be there as well. I'll be there. I'll be there Monday. So hopefully, you know, I get pleasantly surprised. Like. Are you showed up? You're, go, you're going to you're going to the Fourth of July game. It is not hashtag confirmed just yet. Uh, story still developing. Steve, are you going to be there? Um, I've reached out to multiple sauces. It has not been hashtag confirmed yet. I'm in the same boat as you guys because I just I, I want to talk about this as White Sox fans. You look at the forecast. I'm in I'm in close contact with. The weather, guy. Twista, the weather guy at the weather guy on Twitter. And he's telling me this, this could be one of those times where you wind up in Jerry's world. And I feel like, Ooh. I feel like for the 4th of July, and this is a real situation in my household right now. I, I don't know if I want to get stuck in Jerry's world on the 4th of July. That happened to me actually. 4th of July of 2005, game against Tampa. There was a rain delay that happened. That was actually Big Bobby Jenks's major league debut that night. I remember that game very like I can I can think about that game. Yeah. So that's that's a risky proposition. And it is a little bit surprising that they're going with the standard 710 start time. Usually for Fourth of July, they will move that up a little bit there. Well, they do they do want to put on a fireworks show after this game, which you know I love fireworks, and that's why I want to bring this up. Do you want to get stuck in Jerry's world 
for the uh, fireworks show on Fourth of July. Listen, if, I talked about the this. Weather time. forecast was was clear skies, eighty some degrees. This is a prime game to go to on a Monday, Fourth of July. But you look at the weather forecast right now. It's rain. You you might get stuck at a game where it gets rained out and there's no fireworks, and you just spent, you know. $50 in beer and $100 in food and $35 in parking for your 4th of July experience against the Minnesota Twins. And even if they lose that game, I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time here, boys. I need some help. It is it is definitely challenging to think about that. Um, the very notion of you know giving Jerry Reinsdorf even a penny more of my money than he already gets is a sickening sickening feeling um hey, about Zach the- Levine just signed a max deal check out bulls on tap and then head to Jerry's world and help pay that contract i mean but the only thing sicker than you know giving extra money to uh to Jerry Reinsdorf is um you know, watching Barry Bonds in the World Series. Yeah, I, I think that's the first contract over a hundred million he's given to um, a Bulls player, and obviously, we know he's never done that for the Sox. And it would not surprise me at all if Jerry Reinsdorf wants that title of being like the last owner in MLB history to not give a hundred million dollar contract and just like, you know, rub that in the face of his peers. But nevertheless, I don't, I'm leaning towards no on Monday. Cause I got Reinsdorf. Um, I think it was, was it opening day 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I was at that whole debacle. That was it, great. That, that panned out great for me. Because I, I went to the rainout makeup day. I paid $15. I did the same thing. And I sat right behind the White Sox dugout with my brother. And there I was did. like 35 people there. And it I was did fantastic. Not, I did not have seats that good, but I did. Neither did I. I just credit. decided that we were sitting right behind the White Sox dugout. And nobody cared. And it was the best opening day ever. Minus the uh, performance of Jose Quintana. Well, I've never been a Jose Quintana guy. The fact that they traded Jose Quintana, this might be a meatball take, and we are far after dark here, but the fact that they traded Jose Quintana for Eloy Jimenez, take Dylan Cease out of it, it makes sense. I mean, I think at this point, uh, it's pretty safe to say that Dylan Cease is actually the headliner of that deal. But, um, you know, listen. That might be more meatball take than I, than I gave there. Her, her, hey. Well, if you read, read my article, Anthony. I, that's, where I was go- <laughs> that's where I was going there. You I know, edited because, your article. Because, you know, the way that I Fair inspired enough. Josh Harrison, maybe, just maybe, the on-tap difference will pay off once again. Maybe With you need to write an article about Johan Moncada. I I don't see. I don't know. It can't all be. We get. We got to diversify a little bit. We got to spread the love. And I think maybe just maybe Besnick is going to be the guy. Need, I think the people need your feelings on it. I I just I think Besnick is going to be the guy to quit getting Aloy Jimenez to be the ground ball factory that he's been for you know his last three hundred plate appearances. Or We're whatever. talking about you saving Johan Moncada's career, and you're deflecting. Please. 
This is I the prize piece of the rebuild. Listen, you know, um, if I have to, you know, I'll go hit the streets of, of you're the 219. Out in, you're, you're out in NWI. I'll cruise the streets. You, you, I'll see if I can find you. I think you can save this. I thought you were in Park City, Utah. I'm a man in many places. Now I'm now I'm lost. <laughs> but yeah, off the rails. Totally off the rails. Boys, there's two more games in San Francisco. As Nick says, we're gonna win one of them. Steve doesn't feel that great about either. Do you have an official prediction, Steve? Pain. <laughs> That's not good. I'm going to ride the Besnick theory. We're going to take this series, and then we're going to come back home to the Minnesota Twins. And on July 4th, 5th, and 6th, if the weather holds up, I think you might see a sweep of the Minnesota Twins and things all go according to plan, and we get a much happier version of NWI Steve on this show. Bold predictions, very bold, but that's because at Sox Insane, my guy Besnick was on this show tonight, and he inspired me to say that. It was a White Sox victory tonight by the final score of one to nothing over the San Francisco Giants. Lurie Legend is the guy that got the job done for the White Sox tonight. I laugh while I say that because it's just so poetic. Boys, thank you for joining me. It was Fasnick's Sox on Tap debut. I think he delivered. Final thoughts here, guys. I'm going to go to Steve first. Rate Fasnick's performance for me tonight on this show. What What's our rating? What's We've our rating a, scale here? I mean, give me the the standard baseball prospect ratings here. Yeah, so okay, if we're talking 20 to 80 scale here, I mean, I'm going to say that this is, you know, this was like a 75 right here. Um, you know, he wow. listen, if, if we're talking if it's great stuff. If, if it's 1997 and the NWO is out there looking for new members, I think we got I think we got a guy here. So, you know, hey, throw one up. And um, listen, anytime you can add in another guy into the mix that knows and understands what leadership is all about, that understands a guy like Matt Nagy, one of the best coaches in the history of the Bears franchise, was just thrown out the door in just a terrible, terrible fashion. This guy gets it. He he knows. He knows that my head coach should still be there right now. And that is just a franchise that is in disarray, but he gets it. I love it. We love live performance reviews here. Hey, BZ, you don't want this to be a Moonlight Graham situation. But let's let's get some self-evaluation. How did how did you feel? Your first socks on tap. You know, um, I'm going to have to agree with Steve's assessment. Actually, I'll, I'll go. I'll go a little bit and take a page out of the sour Steve boat 
and take myself down to a 70. Um, still a little room for improvement, you know. Um, I'm 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 there. I've got presence, command, some leadership qualities, you know, possible NWO member. Um, but there's room for improvement, you know, high, high potential to be a star, but you know, it just, um, it, you, you got to recognize your flaws and, and you got to work on getting better. So in all seriousness, Tony, thanks for having me. Matt Nagy forever extend Nagy. Jesus. Um, this is, you know, this is deep. We, 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 we have to address that. I mean, Steve brought that up. You, know, you see what happens when you write, hire Ryan fail. I mean, Ryan pulls Matt ever ever flues. Um, you got James Pringle brought in by Ryan polls, Matthew Adams brought in by Ryan polls. They are both, they have both been arrested already. Okay. Now Ryan polls has fired someone who helped hire him while the man was on vacation on July 4th weekend. Our That's country, not leadership. That is wow. not leadership. This is disarray. Wow. This is disarray. Wow. Okay. This has turned this is into failure. a full bears on tap show. And we are like, what is it? Like 2 a.m. right now, boys, we, yeah. we got to rein this in. I'm sorry. guys. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Appreciate it. Love the socks. This is, it, it's fantastic. I'm going to have our, our video guy clip that for Bears on Tap. They can throw that down. As Besnick is, like, killing a beer. I, I think he fits right in, listeners. This was awesome. Recapping a White Sox win. Larry Legend gets the job done today. Lance Lynn was fucking cool and tough. Look at all look at all those beers. I think I, I think I might have just like did we just become best friends? <laughs> We're gonna be friends for a long time, Anthony. Did we just become long best time. friends? I think so. There's so much room for activities on this show. Guys, <laughs> thank you so much for a great socks on tap. Follow my guy Besnick at socks insane on Twitter, NWI Steve at NWI underscore Steve. Myself at Tony on tap. This show at Socks on tap. Follow where we write about things at on tap sports. Not this has been fantastic. Socks win. There's so many more beers to drink. Happy 4th of July weekend to all of you that tuned in. Check into our YouTube at on tap sports. Not boys. This has been fantastic. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. White Sox Southside for life.